eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. Of course, I am Rita Hubbard. The NFL chick. And I'm Cordell Woodland, uh, Ravens beat reporter for 105.7 The Fan and host of Shaking It Up Sports. All right, now give them your you credentials. Know, Let them know who you are. I got to give it all while it's on the, on the noodle right now. Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, we are here to talk about all things Ravens and everything that is going on. So last episode, we talked about um, the, the five, the first five that mm-hmm. got cut. Um, and we know that there's more to go. Um, But I want to talk, Cordell, about some concerns that I have. My main concern right now is the absence of left tackle Ronnie Stanley. Now, we were hearing some things offseason that were very positive. We thought that Stanley would be in a position to play week one. uh, and, And, you know, there were some things that had came out in the media that were very optimistic. Yet I have yet to see him dress. Uh, so far, we've seen Jawan James, who's had some good spots, who's had who's struggled at times. And so I'm starting to resonate to the possibility that Jawan James is going to be the week one starter. And it concerns me because we were told that Ronnie Stanley was on schedule and that, you know, he'd be OK. And yet we have yet to see him even, you know, put clothes on and put anything on. Uh, So how do you feel um, in terms of where we are with Stanley? And then also I would like to get your idea of what you've been seeing from James from a camp standpoint. Yeah, honestly, I I think the cause for concern about Stanley not being there to this point is is justifiable. I mean, you're right. We've we've seen him out at practice a couple times after he comes back probably from his workout or his rehab sessions, but he hasn't put on pads, hasn't dressed, hasn't participated in any practices um, to this point. And uh, you're right. uh, I I vividly remember right before the draft, there was the 
uh, it came out that Stanley was projected to be ready for week one. Um, and I, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I call around draft. I just call that lion season. That That's just, you, you're going to see so many crazy reports around that time because everybody's trying to throw the other team off of their yep. scent on who they may be looking at in the draft. Um, so I, I never really truly bought into that. And when you look at what happened last year, Ronnie Stanley was kind of, uh, I would almost say forced back to get out there for week one against the Raiders. Didn't look like himself. Didn't even make it through the game, you know. And right. I, I look at it, I I, I think um, that the, this team is trying to take what they learned last year into this year. And you can't rush him back. Even if Ronnie, I mean, I've, people are saying some stuff now that he may return to practice uh, next week. And that could very well be the case. I just don't know if that'll be enough time for him to get ready for week one, because I believe he returned to practice last year about two to three weeks before week one and still wasn't necessarily himself. Now, this year could be different. Um, for sure. But I think when it comes to Ronnie Stanley, they're going to treat this guy with kid gloves. They're not, at least at this point, I would hope that they're not going to be in a mode to where they're trying to rush him back. Juwan James at left tackle isn't ideal. He hasn't played football in over two years. He's moving from right tackle to left tackle, learning a new position. So those, and he has an injury history of his own. So those combat, all three of those things combined together aren't a good recipe for filling. Now, if if Juwan James has to go out there for a week or two, so be it. You know, I, I, I'm i okay with that. I still think he would struggle out there. Um, but if, if you have to go without Stanley for the first two weeks with the hopes of being able to keep him for the rest of the season and beyond, I will take that. And I, I think they will too. So right now, I, I'm definitely concerned about Stanley. Um, and as far as his week one status, in my mind, I don't see him out there week one. Um, right. and, and, and I don't know if they do right now, too. But to this point, we haven't seen him. And I, I think it'll be uh, even once we see him, it's going to take that ramp up period for him to get all the way back to being his true self. Yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, look, if he's not ready, don't put him out there. Right. You, you the, the season is very long. And so, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, your starting left tackle who was paid a lot of money mm-hmm. is available, you know, as the season goes on. I think there's a little shell shock, though, because uh, we dealt with this last year. Uh, we know that there was some struggle. At the mm-hmm. left tackle position, and I'm probably oh, being nice. <laughs> yeah, you're being you're being very nice. <laughs> I'm being very kind, and you know, listen, I understand that he is not here anymore. He has since retired, and I'm speaking mm-hmm. about Um, But you know, if, if there's a way to try to make fans feel a little bit better about the left tackle position, what would it be that you would say to try to make them say, well, this isn't going to be like last year. It's not going to be a a, a complete disaster. What is it about James that could potentially make people feel better? Well, he's athletic. Um, He's younger than Villanueva. I think Villanueva was, I mean, he, first of all, he's another one that was going from right tackle to left tackle. So we're still talking about two guys who are essentially playing out of position. And every time you talk to, uh, these guys that have done this moving from right tackle to left tackle, or even you talk to Coach D 
and who's the offensive line coach, and you ask him about the transition from moving the right tackle to left tackle, they all tell you it's a difficult task to do. It's not easy. So we have to take that into account. Um, but also the, the reason I'm, I would try to tell people to be a little more optimistic about James rather than Villanueva is because I do think James can play. Um, at this stage of his career. He's had the injuries, but he's still young, and I do think he has a little juice there. Um, it's just about him being able to stay healthy and being able to just get adjusted to that left tackle spot. Um, I, I would anticipate him being better than Villanueva because truly I think Villanueva was just done. I think he was would have been bad at right tackle too, yeah. to be honest with you. So that's the one thing that I, I would say that's different from James. I don't necessarily believe James cannot play at all to where I thought Villanueva was pretty much should have retired. Um, but James is still a concern over there. But, you know, him being able to be in that left tackle spot pretty much all of camp helps as well. Yes. Um, because Villanueva wasn't necessarily afforded that. He kind of, uh, was brought in to play right tackle. And then once Stanley's situation wasn't looking uh, up to par, he was forced to move over to the left side. So that's a little bit of a better, if, if to make you feel better, is that at least uh, Jawan James has been able to prepare for this more. He's not necessarily blindsided uh, with it the way Villanueva was. And I, I think that this O-line as a whole is better this year, um, which will help. James. Now the left guard spot right next to him is an open competition. Yeah, I, I, I was like going to ask Powers that. There. I, I like Ben Powers there. And even if Tyree Phillips had to go there, I think Phillips could command the position too. I just think as a whole, this offensive line is going to be better than they were last year. And that in a sense will be able to help James uh, because they, they that right side is definitely shored up. You, you, they brought in Morgan Moses to man that right tackle. Obviously Kevin Zeitler's right there and Tyler Linderbaum uh, the rookie center, I think he'll be just fine. Like I said, the left side is the question mark, uh, but I am comfortable with Ben Powers at left guard. I'm even comfortable with Tyree Phillips uh, at left guard as well. So I think that change, so to speak, along that offensive line will kind of help Juwan James on the left side because I think as a whole, the offensive line was downright terrible last year outside of Zeitler and maybe McCarry. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I agree with that. And and, and and I think my concern is is that, you know, we, they are still the, – the left side is unsettled yet, right? I mean, obviously, if James plays, then it is what it is, and he's the left tackle. But the left guard position, like you said, they've been rotating guys. So we still really don't – they're still trying to figure out who they want at the left guard position. And so, you know, you want to be, you want to make sure that your quarterback is taken care of, right? Yes. And the left side is a very important part of that mm -hmm. process. So, you know, I think it's fair to acknowledge that Ronnie Stanley is not there. You would hope by week one, they have an understanding of what they would like at the left guard. Like you said, you really like Ben Powers there. And hopefully that can, you know, him or Phillips 
can can you know solidify their position at left guard. But you know, after everything that fans went through, and even the organization, right? Let's start with the organization. Forget yeah. the fans. Organization went through last year mm-hmm. with the offensive line. I think you know fans just want to make sure that there's some that it's not going to be the same. Yeah. And I do think that Stanley not being there now, like you said, does help with understanding that this is not like, oh my God, we're 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 screwed. Mm-hmm. They at least are practicing with a guy in case he's not available um come week one, which it to me it looks as though that may not be the case. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's important as well for Lamar because, I mean, you could see last year Lamar had no faith in this offensive line, especially Absolutely. after that Miami game uh, where they were just blitzed to death and couldn't pick up anything. Um, Lamar got super antsy in the pocket after that game, even during that game, uh, and he just wasn't the same guy anymore. And it, And I think a large part of that was simply because he just did not trust the guys in front of him. And this year, I, I do expect that to be better. Like, even once Stanley gets back, I think once Stanley gets back, this offensive line is going to be legit at that point because the reason that there are any questions at all about this offensive line is because Stanley's not there because then you you now have to have guys kind of playing out of position. But once Stanley comes back, everybody is essentially in their their natural role. Stanley at left tackle. You got Powers at guard, Blenderbaum at center, Zeitler, and Moses, who is a natural right tackle. So I, I think once they once Stanley gets back, this offensive line will be legit. And I think that's going to be the big part of this Ravens team. We look at the Ravens offense last year. Obviously, it was not good. Um, Rushing-wise, I think they still ended up finishing like third in the league team-wise as running the uh, as a rushing team. But they can run the ball in their sleep. But if you watch the games, this was not a team that was necessarily very good offensively. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think once you shore up this offensive line, then you can have you 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 can have a problem now because I do think that they have more weapons on the outside than they than they probably did last year. Um, and I think. The running back situation, while it's still a question mark because we're talking about Stanley's status for week one, J.K. Dobbins' status for week one is just as much up in the air as Stanley's. Even though he tried to tell us, you know, look, right. he got upset with, with, with people that said that, right. you know, that was up in the air. But to my understanding, he, he you know, I have seen him in practice, so, mm-hmm. so we have seen that. But, you know, he has a, a slight limp. So yeah. if he's not available week one, to me, it's not out of the realm that he's not because he's also still coming back from an injury. Right. And he's not even to the point to where he's participated in team drills uh, to this point. He's out there for sure, um, but he's he's doing his individual and then he does his work, his side work off to the side. So he's, he's not ready uh, to even participate in team drills yet. And we're, what, about three weeks away from the season starting. So I, I wouldn't necessarily look for J.K. to be back there either for week one. That's just my personal thing. And you brought up JK getting upset. I, I just look at that as like the truth hurts sometimes, yeah. you know, and uh, especially when you feel like you're at a certain point, but every, I mean, I think it's more so the competitive thing. Stanley may be the same way. I think all, I, although I think Stanley's more at the point after what happened last year and him kind of coming back week one and going down in the same game, I think Stanley's a little more patient than, say, a J.K. Dobbins is. Obviously, Stanley having a long-term deal helps his patience, whereas J.K. Dobbins is now entering his third year, 
and we barely seen him. We right. barely seen him. And then even once we see him this year, it's not going to be the total package of J.K. Dobbins. It's going to take some time for him to get to himself. So we're Absolutely. potentially looking at not getting to see the real J.K. Dobbins until year four, where he's in the final year of his contract. So I can understand why J.K. has a little more uh, uh, pep in his step and, and is a little is, is trying to kind of kind of rush this process a little more than Stanley is. I, I definitely understand. But at the same time, the team's not going to throw him or Stanley out there for that matter before they feel like both of these guys are ready for some real game action. I, I agree. And the thing is, right, like it's not like they have the easiest schedule no, they going, don't. going uh, into the season. You know, like last year, we I think many of us considered the Dolphins. So they start off with the Jets um, and, and that. Who knows how that goes, right? It's week one, so we don't really know how how that's going to play out. But then they play the Dolphins, they play New England, mm -hmm. and they play, you know, um, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. And then so Cincinnati. you know, and, oh, and in Cincinnati, oh, on a Sunday night. So right. you know, they don't start off with the easiest no. schedule. And no. I know that we like to act like Miami was, but listen, we saw what they did last year. They started the whole like, oh, let's you know, run the zero blitzes on him, and they were successful. And then that started a blueprint for everybody else running those same types of defenses, at, you know, going down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, hey, man, I hope y'all I don't want y'all to rush them, but I hope y'all got a plan. Yeah, <laughs> That's they, can't, they, can't, they can't afford to start slow. We, you just Absolutely not. Games, and I kind of talked about it on my show as well. Uh, the Ravens schedule does not allow them to kind of start slow because even in the middle of the, their first nine games, are pretty tough. And you talked about the first five, uh, some games later on that involved going to Tampa. And then right after that, going to New Orleans uh, for Monday night, right before the bye week. So they, they got some tough games that are on the schedule in the first half of the season. The Ravens are going to have to come out strong because you, you never know what the rest of this division is going to look like. I expect the Bengals to be just as good as last year. Um, I expect as much as the Steelers have kind of simmered down a little bit with Big Ben retiring, you can never count them out uh, yep. with Mike Tomlin out there. And they've got some young talent on both sides of the ball as well. And Cleveland, they've got a mess going on, no doubt about it. But, hey, man, they can still run the ball. They've got plenty of talented guys. Adam Amari Cooper out there at receiver. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's there. And uh, if his suspension holds up, because we're still waiting on the appeal, if he ends up playing, his first game would be against Baltimore. So you can't count any of these division guys out at all. I completely agree.